is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome into the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. And Derek, uh, if you remember uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe at this point, we were talking about, are we the longest running Michigan podcast? The answer is no. And I think we forgot about a very obvious winner in that category. That is Mike Fitzpatrick, who's Mm. been running his show. I just saw one published um, the last couple of days. It was like in the 600s. We were about a third of the way there. All right. That's fair. So, yeah, totally slipped my mind. I think second or third, top five. Top five. Very safely in the top five, but I feel content-wise, probably top three. Do you mean total number of episodes? No, I mean like the the type like, of content we're, oh. we're serving out for free. Probably top three. I'm just thinking of only numbers. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think in terms of of longest running slash how many episodes there have been, easily top five, and I feel pretty confident in saying top three active. I think that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. And, you okay. know, there's probably some that have changed their names and changed their That's branding, the thing, and yeah, changed People... their advertising or who owns them. But we're, you know, what we're we're just a couple of dudes that do things the way we want to do them. You know, we I guess we've changed. You know, the platform we do it on. We used to have well, our ZenCaster days, and now we're using Riverside FM. Small little plug. Vsport. It was a few weeks ago. We looked them up. R.I.P. I'm not sure they had, you know, they had a platform, maybe their own. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't yeah. any good. No. no, 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 and we never got paid, so whatever. No, um, no, no paid. <laughs> no pay at all. So much happened in the football side. Yeah, wow. We got Jim Harbaugh coming back. We got players, a lot of them announcing they're coming back. They're going to run it back, including Blake Corum. One more uh, year. Matt Weiss under investigation for like computer crimes or something Hmm. and then was fired for cause apparently still don't know the severity of that but you know Michigan felt it justified to fire him so I would say that's not nothing but basically everything has happened it's been a it's always an active off season. I don't think it's unique to say, wow, it's been so busy, but like very unique things happening. When you think about just the hardball flirtation with the NFL and the fact that Michigan, uh, I'm sure in, in large part, thanks to NIL developments is pulling back players who, you know, in a past era of college football, would probably, you know, long gone to the NFL at this point. And then you have a co-offensive coordinator who gets canned for computer crimes. So, your short take Derek on on what's been a interesting off season for Michigan football yeah I think interesting is exactly how I felt like kind of bizarre overall I think you know something to add would be would be the fact that you know President Santa Ono you know everyone's favorite Santa now is you know very very involved Uh, Jim Harbaugh called him not his direct boss to tell that was the president of the the institution that hey I'm coming back thank you for your support. Uh, John Bacon, you know, had announced something that 
basically him and uh, Jim Harbaugh and Ward Manuel haven't really talked all that much since summer one-on-one. Not formally. Uh, yeah, yeah, at least not in a, in a formal uh, way. And, and and then just even just the, the differences of how involved the university president is, what that means for hopefully all programs, but right now football and uh, some of these uh, investigations that are going on, these allegations, the, the Matt White stuff, who's now fired. Um, yeah, you know, I guess it's a good thing for Michigan to have a president involved because you could imagine that he's going to, you know, especially the way he's been transparent, been very vocal, been very public about a fandom for sports, an interest in sports, an interest in having, you know, the, the highest level of sports. Um, all good things for Michigan probably overall, but yeah, bizarre bizarre week for sure but i think definitely the highlights are you know jim harbaugh comes back uh you know hopefully the with the contract that that makes the most sense for you know him finishing his career at michigan uh i guess we'll see you know what other changes happen staff wise but uh you've got a lot of good players back you know blake corum and some key offensive line returners being kind of the at the forefront of that so uh yeah quite the eventful bizarre off season uh we always joke you know we'll we'll move on to basketball we last couple of years with the uh, nfl flirtations and you name it we we don't really do that as as no. soon as we we think we will and you know i think last year it snuck up on us all of a sudden we were talking about the spring game so we'll get to basketball including this this episode but yeah i mean uh wild time uh for michigan football and uh, I guess you could probably assume that Sheryl Moore will be the lone offensive coordinator. Maybe they'll get somebody in to to, to handle the pass game, to work with the talented J.J. McCarthy and others. Um, you already have a run game coordinator and, uh, you know, coach of the running backs and Mike Hart. So, yeah, you know, yeah, Sheryl Moore, offensive line coach. Hopefully he gets the bump up to offensive coordinator. Uh, we'll see what they do with, a, with another hire or shifting of staff, but – very bizarre and interesting to say the least yeah i guess now we just pay attention to contract developments how the how harbaugh fills out his staff now um and and the ncaa violations slash allegations slash harbaugh not willing to or or you know i don't know how you want to phrase it but but he said you know i I don't remember what happened i didn't lie to you that kind of thing that's yep that's uh gonna be fun to pay attention to on the basketball side i don't have to tell you derek that this thing has been depressing three of the last four losses including you know uh, two road games that michigan could have won definitely at michigan state and at iowa that iowa game very frustrating to not be able to finish that one in regulation and then just get blown out of the water in overtime Uh, another you know disappointing performance then against maryland gave up I believe uh, 45 offensive rebounds, if I'm reading that right. That might only be a slight exaggeration. In between there, you know, you get a, a, a somewhat comfortable win against Northwestern. But I think it's just the same old stuff. Like, you go back to November and December, and you're thinking, okay, well, this team has stuff to work on, but I think they could get better. And And I think they have in some ways, but you see the same problems as defensive breakdowns. It's not much resistance at the rim. It's giving up way too many offensive rebounds. It's, it's an offense that shuts down sometimes and, and doesn't know how to deal with things like, you know, just three quarters court pressure or 
uh, defense throwing his own at him, and it, it just look all out of whack. I mean, those types of things have continued to linger, and I'm now comfortable saying, Derek, this is not an NCAA tournament team. So I'll throw yeah. that to you because I I think we've been on the same page before about tournament prospects, but how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, that, that team uh, against Maryland, the, the team against Michigan State, uh, the team that, you know, couldn't find a way to win it on the road in Iowa. That That is definitely not a tournament team. They will have to put together a, a string of wins, feeling very win-loss, win-loss, win-loss again. Uh, yeah. Exactly what the problem was last year. And I think a bigger problem, and I was trying to think back earlier today, back to the John Beeline days, and whether this is just a thought or maybe there's some merit here, like it felt like John Beeline's teams were better prepared the second time they, you know, met up with an opponent, uh, Michigan handled Maryland on a Sunday after a, you know, Michigan football loss to TCU and just absolutely dominated them. They could do no wrong. Um, they fully took over that game. Hunter Dickinson had a great game, you know, multiple others stepped up uh, and it was complete domination and, you know, Credit to, to Kevin Willard uh, for completely just coming up with a, a game plan that would work, uh, bothering Michigan with the 2-3 zone, uh, getting guys like Jameer Young, who you know played terribly in Ann Arbor, uh, to go off for you know north of 25. And Michigan just never really was able to get comfortable, uh, play a game that they're you know, that they feel like they can do their best stuff in. And, and that's credit to coaching. Uh, and kind of why I compare Juwan Howard to, to John Beeline is it doesn't feel like, you know, obviously players got to execute to some level and you've got to put the ball in the basket and uh, find ways at the player level to, to make plays when things aren't going your way, get stops uh, when other teams are scoring. You know, they, they fight back almost every game. So I'm, I don't want to say there's no fight. You know, they clogged in within too late. Um, and kind of let it go again. Uh, you know, it's just, it just feels like we watch two different teams too often. Yeah. It's the same squad out there usually for Michigan. So credit to Maryland, their game plan, their ability to win at home, uh, and, and doing something that made Michigan feel uncomfortable. Uh, I think Michigan's coaching, uh, will, you know, I think some things need to be improved. You know, maybe you don't game plan as much for this one because there's other games looming and you already blew out this team, but uh, you didn't look very good on the road uh, for the second road game in a row. So, sure, you beat Northwestern. You won some other games comfortably, but uh, you need some big wins on the resume to make the tournament, uh, and you got to avoid, you know, so many losses, which they're already piling up quite a, quite heavily. So, yeah, probably not a tournament team. Uh, a team that feels like they could be in a tournament, you know, peak at the right time. I think I got a guy like Will Cheddar, you know, he, he shows some consistency. Terrence Reeves looks good at times. Doug Daniel has some good games. Terrence Williams finally looked a little bit more comfortable last night, but they can't seem to always put it together on the same night. So again, I think it's a team that has the talent to make a sweet 16 run, but you're not going to get that opportunity unless you win more games between now and, and when the tournament comes around. Yeah, the really frustrating thing here is you go through the list of losses and the first one against Arizona State, that got out of hand. The rest of the losses, though, Virginia, Kentucky, North Carolina, Central Michigan, a really ugly one, Michigan State, Iowa, Maryland, 
you can it doesn't take much imagination to go back and see Michigan winning that game you know losing to Virginia by by two in Kentucky by four and you were right there with North Carolina and then these these conference losses um, all three of them are, are right there and so on one hand you're like Michigan maybe they're not that far off but I keep going back to it's just it's the same team I'm not, I'm not seeing enough development you know if, if they were playing better and they just happen to run into like a juggernaut of a Maryland team, which didn't happen. That's one thing, but to lose that game the way you did, it just tells me that this team is not there. And here we're coming up in late January. You're, you're pretty much out of time to develop that. You have to become that right now. And it, it starts against Minnesota on Sunday. If you lose that one, I've absolutely lost all hope. But you mentioned one thing that is really important in the Big Ten, which is that if you string together wins in this conference, that means something. You're going to have big opportunities against teams like Purdue. You go to Indiana, last game of the season, still have another game against Michigan State, go to Wisconsin, um, you play a currently ranked Rutgers team on the road uh, in, in February. I mean, there are opportunities here to like really bolster your resume, but the team we've seen play, you know, they're going to continue to kind of flounder right there on the edge of like becoming something. And, and I texted you because it, it was a thought in my head. I'm like, Oh my gosh, we're here. It's January 20th. And I already feel like, man, Michigan cannot lose this game against Minnesota. Not a good situation to be in when you're already thinking about that. But Hey, you know, if you go out and beat Minnesota and, and, steal one against Purdue like all of a sudden things are looking up and you're back in that tournament conversation but I just I don't see this team doing something like that yeah you need to get road wins you need to probably get a you know a, a road win over a ranked team would be huge you need a quad one win uh, you need to avoid losing to the the teams near the bottom of the Big Ten before you become that team at the bottom of the Big Ten uh, you know, you keep a winning record in the conference, you string together some wins, you beat, you know, a couple of teams that maybe you're not supposed to beat. That's really uh, big or, for your positioning in the conference tournament. Though, right. You, you want you a, a decent position. I mean, what were they nine last year, eight last year? They, and then they lost the first one to Indiana. Yeah. Uh, and so they still made it in, but it was, you know, very, very questionable that they were going to make it in. You know, a lot of people thought they'd be a play in team. Um, yeah, you string together some wins though, uh, get a decent positioning, you know, top seven, uh, you know, top half of the conference and the conference tournament, win a couple instead of losing that first one, those would, you know, be another perfect team to lose their first big 10 tournament game. Uh, you're playing to make the tournament at this point. You can't worry about winning the conference. You can't worry about winning the conference tournament. Uh, you're playing for your shot to, to make the big dance and then hopefully put together your best uh, weekends of basketball like Michigan did last year, uh, at least until the Sweet 16. So, yeah, you know, it's not like a team where you look at them and they're like, they're so terrible, you've given up all hope. There's been teams like that, you know, especially – uh, you know, Juwan Howard's first year uh, when there was no tournament. Uh, there's a John Beeline year that was pretty bad there uh, between some success uh, in the in, in the finals uh, twice, you know, because he made it. And so, yeah, like you said, there's enough on tape, on film that we've watched where you can say, hey, you know, they've had a chance in almost every loss outside of maybe two where it really felt like, 
they could have done just something differently or, or shots could have fallen and they would have won that game. Or, you know, a guy had a quiet night who usually scores more. Uh, but, you know, when you can't guard and you have a guy who you do shut down, you know, go off for 26 on you the next time you, you match up, you have a coach who out coaches you the next time you match up. Uh, not a great recipe for, for making the tournament. So the talent's there, but you have to start seeing some uh, winning basketball uh, and, yeah, quickly because yeah, you hit it on the head. It's January twentieth, and we're recording this. You know, you've got you've got you know a good handful of games left. The Big Ten season, college football, basketball conference season in general is crazy. They play you know what an average three times a week, but yeah, you can't you can't lose more than a handful of these next ones coming up, and you know you're you're doing yourself a huge favor uh, by winning more than you lose. Oh yeah. Um, I know we've spent, you know, quite a bit of time just trying to diagnose things and we've landed on inconsistency, not sure what team's going to show up. And at the same time, like they've consistently sort of fumbled in all the same areas, but looking at the lineup, you know, I'm going up and down. I feel really confident in three of these positions here. We got Kobe Buck and Jed Howard and Hunter Dickinson. I think we, we were in agreement there with most people. Those are three solid positions. Um, Doug McDaniel, no matter how you feel about the point guard play, which I think um, has been on average better than what we probably expected, but you can still see you know, nights where he, he looks like, like the true freshman that he is, but you don't really have another option at point guard unless you want to start shuffling Kobe Bufkin in there. And I don't know what you do with the two then, but that gets a little messy. So then I'm, I'm stuck here with, with Terrence Williams at the four, and, and yeah, he did look a little more comfortable – in this last game, but it's not a position that's consistently producing for Michigan. And, and I don't know what the answer is. I mean, do you keep riding with that? Do you give Terrace Reed a little more time at the four where he's playing alongside Hunter Dickinson? Do you, uh, do you give Will Shutter a little more time in there? I mean, he's knocked down shots, but uh, I don't, I, he's been far from what I would, would consider like a true answer there at that position. But I mean, do you think that's a fair evaluation of the lineup? And then what do you do with that position? So I think the first thing comes to mind, like you didn't expect Joey Baker to, to be an all-star at Michigan. Um, but I, I do feel like some more solid minutes off the bench can just really help anyone uh, two through four. Uh, he's been relatively quiet all season. He has hit some key shots in games or in big moments, uh, but you know, he's overall, he's, he's not a guy that's getting bored. He's not a guy who's getting assists. He does seem to follow quite often. Uh, you know, isn't the, isn't the greatest defender, at least from what we've seen so far. Um, so any help off the bench would help, but I do feel good about Kobe Bufkin. He didn't have his best game. Doug McDaniel didn't have his best game. Terrence Williams played, uh, against Maryland, you know, uh, back in the homeland, how he probably should be playing all the time, getting you about 10 points, hitting at least one of his three-pointers. Career-high rebounds, I think. Yeah, 13 boards, that's huge. You know, I think while you see Terrace Reed in there, one, uh, Terrence Williams had something wrong with his wrist or something. But, you know, Reed gets pulls down the offensive boards. He's he's pulling down uh, a lot of defensive boards when he's when he was playing his extended minutes. You need Terrence Williams, especially playing at that four, to to be a good rebounder. And so pulling down 13 boards a career high, you know, you don't expect those numbers exactly every time. Uh, but if he can give you, 
you know, 10, 6, and 2. Uh, you feel pretty good about what he brings. Jet Howard is going to get his. He's not going to always hit the shots. You know, he took a lot of shots against Maryland. I think, you know, more than 10 three-pointers. Uh, Hunter Dickinson, you know, he'll get his 20. Uh, he usually gets his double-doubles or at least close to him. Um, but yeah, you know, I guess the, the, the guys I look at are who can contribute off the bench, uh, give the starters some rest, uh, and can you, uh, get production from, from your freshman point guard, you know, the way he played, uh, two and three games ago, really good. The way he played in his homeland, his homeland, you know, home area, uh, not very good, put up a lot of shots, the third highest on the team. Uh, and that's behind Jet Howard and Hunter Dickinson, who you know are going to get theirs. So maybe not the guy you want throwing up the third most shots. He shot four more times than Kobe Bufkin, a uh, player who's probably a better all-around uh, scorer and, and just all-around better player. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think a little bit less of Terrace Reed. He was decently efficient. He, he can't make much from the line. Uh, there's a lot of guys that like Will Cheddar, his ability to to communicate uh, his, his ability to knock down shots, knock down free throws when he gets the opportunity, but he's out there for, you know, a handful of minutes each game. Uh, and so you've got to find a way with your starters to, to get the most points. Uh, but this is another loss for Michigan's under 60. And when Michigan loses, uh, they're not scoring the basketball very well. Uh, again, outside of the, the overtime loss to Iowa. So not uncommon to see him score under 60 in a loss. Uh, not the best offensive output, and again, not the best defensive showing either. So that's the Michigan team that's not a tournament team, uh, whether your lineup's talented or not. Uh, the, the game you saw against Northwestern, the game you saw against Penn State, and then the first matchup against Maryland, that is a tournament team. That's a team that looks like they can't be stopped throughout. So we'll see who shows up um, and, you know, at home uh, this Sunday against Minnesota. Uh, and then you've got one of those 11 p.m. tips at home versus Purdue. Yeah, you know, I thought about going. Oh my you know, god! It's, it's one of those where you can watch a good game. Hopefully, you hopefully, can watch Michigan. Yeah, or you can watch Michigan beat lose a, by 25. Beat a ranked team at home, but hey, cheap ticket. Just a little bit, a little bit late at night, and you know some of those late January days can be very frigid. So let's go 9 p.m. I'm seeing a back-to-back 9 p.m. In February, the one of those is a Saturday. There's an 8:30 p.m. Thursday. That's the game at Rutgers. But I can't wait that, for Michigan at USC 11:30 tip. Holy God! I had yeah. I feel like we talked about that, then I forgot. Luckily, that's not <laughs> here right now. But yeah, that's definitely going to happen on BTN Plus or whatever the subscription network is called. But oh, by the way, I need to go in and cancel that. It's really difficult to do from your phone. I was trying to do. Yeah, they do that on purpose. They they know that we're uh, mobile. I'm sure I'll have to call somebody and. Oh, probably. Yeah. Good luck. The code or something. Speaking of Terrace Reed, uh, just came to my mind. If he's in the game, basically, let's go back to the Maryland game. If he's in that late, and God bless it, you know, you know, he's working really hard on that free throw shot. But if he's in the game late and you're trying to make sure Michigan's not scoring, aren't you just fouling him and sending him oh, to the yeah. free throw line? It's hack a shag at that point. I'm surprised they didn't. I mean, it, it's a no-brainer. Like, if he's got the ball and he's going up, you do not let him get that shot up. He foul hard. But I'm talking every time he touches the ball, like you, you foul him. You get him to the free throw line. I thought that was um, – I, I was surprised Maryland didn't 
do that. But, uh, you know, and also at the same time, I was surprised Juwan Howard kept him in there late like that because this is a very obvious flaw in that lineup in that situation. Huh? Yeah, you know, I, I look at Terrace Reed and he might be one of my favorite players on the team. Me too. You know, his, his potential is... You know, it's his confidence is way up. His confidence is up. His potential is sky high. His famous Michael Jordan say is, you know, his ceiling is the roof. This is the roof. Um, this is the roof. <laughs> which, you know, in Michael Jordan terms of me, this dude's really good. Um, I think that he is, you know, he has the ability to be as dominant of a player as Hunter Dickinson. Uh, he's more athletic. He, he seems to move better with the ball. It seems to be a bigger rebound or better rebounder. Uh, you know, Hunter Dickinson's a really good player and will probably go down as, you know, one of Michigan's best. Uh, but Terrace Reed, you know, his athletic ability and what he's shown already, uh, at least the highlights of what he's shown, uh, probably works out a little bit better in the NBA uh, than what Hunter Dickinson provides. And so you really like when he's doing things well, but, like Jet Howard, like who, you know, a lot of people are going to forget he's a freshman because of how talented he seems, like a Doug McDaniel. Uh, you know, they look like freshmen at times. Uh, they're going to Terrace Reed, though, because they know that he is a good player who's just going to learn by experience and, and get better and better and more confident as the season goes on. Uh, having a guy like Hunter Dickinson go for 25 and Terrace Reed to either be a twin tower lineup or uh, spell Hunter Dickinson and, and go for 10 and, and 10 on his own. Uh, that's a team that's dangerous to play in the tournament. There's not a lot of teams that can guard, uh, you know, two twin towers. Uh, reminds me of the, the Lopez brothers, uh, Stanford back in the day, even though the game's changed, you know, significantly since then. But I love not what he brings. I, I love what he brings. Uh, and if you're going to have a, you know, if you're going to face off against a, a Zach Eady, who seems to be a, you know, national player of the year caliber, having two big guys uh, probably helps, though. You know, if you look at Purdue's roster, they probably have three guys over 7-3. Every time I see on Twitter, like, a, wow, you won't believe this high school sophomore is seven foot six, And I'm like, where is Matt Painter? Matt Painter's yep. in the background of this photo. He's He's somewhere in this video. That's a, a nice thing he's got going at Purdue. Who do you think gets on whose shoulders in that game? Is it Hunter Dickinson climbing on top of Terrace Reed's shoulders or the other way around to try to guard Zach Eady? Uh, yeah, I think Hunter Dickinson is going to go who's up stronger? top. That'd be an interesting. Yeah, I'd like to see who's stronger. Last thing I mean, here. you give you give Terrace Reed a, a Camp Sanderson summer, that dude's going to be more of a freak <laughs> than you've ever anticipated. <laughs> Um, Michigan at, at 10 and eight. And, and there's, I know ideally you could like go, go through game by game and pick them out. But uh, I'm looking at, at Ken Palm here with a projected record of, of 16 and 15. Do you feel like it's that bad or, or does, does Michigan have it in them to improve on that? I mean, if they're playing as inconsistently as they are now, then that sounds spot on, but okay. you find a way to win a couple of home games in a row, including over a, uh, a top-ranked team in the nation. Uh, you win one of the two away games, Penn State and Northwestern, have a chance to beat a rival in Ohio State who has a good freshman. Uh, and you get a rematch eventually, uh, you know, uh, with Michigan State. Uh, you have potential. You know, 
the Big Ten is still the Big Ten, talented teams at the top, teams that can beat just about anybody on any given night, uh, even near the bottom. Um, and so they're going to beat up on each other all of February. That's when you're going to see uh, the you know the the craziest part of the conference schedule. So Michigan has its opportunities as of now, though. Yeah, I think based on what they've shown, uh, they're just above 500 as a team. Uh, they can string together a good late January, good early February, and I think that they could probably be five games ahead of that 500 mark. But, yeah, they've got to show some more consistency before anyone believes that. Yeah, there's a wide uh, range of outcomes for for any – I mean, I know that's applicable to any college basketball team, but a team especially like Michigan where you just have no idea what's coming at you any given night. I could see it as bad as, you know, coming out 500, and I could see this being a team that um, we're not even talking about on the bubble, you know, at the end of the season. So that's just the reality of what it's been so far. But, Derek, I guess um, I know we both got a lot going on, but are we getting back here before Purdue next Thursday? Oh, yeah, we get back before Purdue. I mean, hopefully okay. I talk about a, a, a win against Minnesota. If it's a loss against Minnesota, then maybe we skip Maybe we because uh, you know because we're just gonna be hey what do you want to talk about I don't know the fact that Michigan's about to get blown out at home at 11 p.m. to Purdue oh my god yeah those are the worst I'll but, tell you what um, I need a good game Sunday out of Michigan to even consider picking up a 12 dollar upper deck 9 p.m. against Purdue ticket let's get so, Derek to this Michigan Purdue yeah let's, game. let's get me to Chrysler let's do you want to drop the GoFundMe link. Or your Venmo? Let's wait till let's wait till uh, to Sunday, because again, <laughs> if Sunday doesn't look good, I ain't going. If they don't beat Minnesota right. at home, they're not beating Purdue at home. That's that's my take. That's probably what's going to happen now that I say that. Uh, and I'd rather have them beat Purdue than Minnesota. But yeah, you know, right. I just want to see some wins, Tyler. Give us, I know, give us a February to be proud of as fans. You know, this is very much a football school right now, uh, and a women's basketball school. I would love men's basketball to, to do their part. Yes, that'd be freaking fantastic if they could get things turned around. Don't know when we'll talk to you again. Uh, could be before Purdue, could be after. Let's hope that we're trying to raise money to send Derek to Ann Arbor, Michigan, all the way from, I forget where he lives. Is it? It's like 45 minutes away, if that? Yeah, I could probably get there in 40. Let's get him all the way to Ann Arbor, Michigan to watch that Michigan-Purdue game. So we'll be back to talk to you next time, whenever that is. But until then, take care. Go blue. Go blue.